Turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, and we're reading through to verse 4. Galatians chapter 1, uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 4. And believing the believable, believing the believable. You crazy Galatians. Did someone put a hex on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy has happened. For it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. Let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? Is it not yet a total loss? But it certainly will be if you keep this up. <laughs> well, the Galatians have found themselves in a dilemma. They have been living or listening to some individuals that Paul calls them in the Message Bible here is bewitched. They've come along uh, in their life and come to the point where they have begun to doubt what the realities that were given to them clearly about Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And they begin to doubt that and begin to accept false teachings and false doctrines about the resurrection and about life after death and about righteousness. You know, they were looking to obey the laws without dependency upon Jesus Christ. As if they could go backwards in their faith, backwards, these are the, <clears throat> that the Jewish believers could go back to Judaism and then find a way of salvation in their old ways of life through the circumcision and through the law. So he was, Paul was <clears throat> putting it to them directly. Did somebody come along and bewitch you? That you're acting so strangely. Now, believing the believable. You know, we, we think, I think of it in the context that I, I don't think we have a problem, for most of us, we're here, we don't have a problem with creation. We don't have an idea, we don't have a problem with Abraham being called by God and, and Moses with the Ten Commandments and Jesus with his virgin birth and Christmas only eight weeks away. We, have, we don't have a problem with the teachings of Jesus, with the crucifixion, the resurrection. We have an understanding of these things, and, and our biblical and our faith, our biblical knowledge and our faith point these things out to us. So I, I think that we're pretty well accepting of these truths. But what happens here is they, they, to believe the believable is also believing that God can make a difference. Meaning that do you ever just get, do you ever get frustrated? Anybody? Anybody ever here get frustrated? Okay, so we get frustrated. And what's our frustrations about? It's about not being good enough. Not doing enough. Not making it to the place or the standard that we think we should. Well, what happens when we get frustrated? I don't know about you, but I begin to look at, well, you know, there must be something wrong with me. There's got to be something wrong with how I, I do things. There's got to be something missing here in this whole context 
that, I, that I've just been overlooking or not seeing because of, you know, we start feeling frustrated and then we start feeling defeated. And, you know, we know, you know the cycle. Anybody been there? Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> so we get there, right? So, the difference God makes is that he moves in, he comes into our life, and that living our Christian life is more than just making it happen on our own. And that's what the Galatians, he said, you foolish people, do you think you began something, God began something in you, and then you can suddenly become doing it on your own? I mean, we can't save ourselves from our sins. Only God can forgive us of our sins. So Christ forgives us. Alright, well how often do we live the Christian life? Well, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. No, only God can give you the strength to live the Christian life. And it's our dependency upon God that allows that Christian life to live on in our life. To live on in us and helps us to do the right things for the right reasons. So, the Galatian believers have become fascinated though with false teachers. And they had become fascinated with some false arguments. And Paul says, it's like some magician has worked some magic over you and you've completely changed your perspective. Well, whenever I was reading this and thinking about what we were going to speak on today, I, and I read that thing, it's like some magician has worked their magic over you. And I thought of our society, you know, here we are coming on Halloween, <laughs> I don't like Halloween. Uh, here we are coming on Halloween, and you know, what do we, we become too familiar with evil. We become too familiar with this makeup of our of our society in movies and in costumes and you know and all this and there's again it's like where does where does evil begin and fun leave off? Where does the concept of superheroes and things leave the childish, um, you know, fantasy and move into a spiritual realm where it's a godly thing, where they become all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere present. They take on a different quality. And there's a difference between having fun with and dressing up like a princess and dressing up like a demon. You know, when does evil become evil? When is the bewitching taking place where we start to move away from the truth of God's word and begin to accept something that is, well, that's true, but yet in a, in a realm that is not where we want to go. There's this individual, <laughs> and this is, you know, that put, well, I don't, I don't watch him, you know, but there's this program, I, I be, you know, I, I channel surf, ask Rhonda. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch the same thing, you know. I'm watching it, advertisement comes, let's watch something else. You know, watch that till the advertisement comes, go back to the other thing. She says, is this what we were watching whenever we started or are we on the other? No, I, that's long gone. You know, this is different, you know. You got to pay attention. <laughs> so, well, I was doing one of my channel surfing things and I came across this individual that, I uh, had seen before, and I hadn't seen him for a while, and then uh, this, I come across him again, so I'm assuming that he was off for a while and came back on. Well, he's the individual that talks with the dead, and, uh, that, and people come to him and seek him out. They want to know if their loved one is doing okay on the other side. 
And they want to know that uh, they want this individual, and in the Old Testament and, and places like that, they were called mediums. Mediums are individuals who seemingly have uh, giftings that will help them to talk to the dead. Well, we need to make sure that we don't become familiar with these things because they are not in the, 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 the scriptural perspective of this is evil. It is wrong. And, but it is very real. Okay? It is very real. The spiritual realm is very real. There are angels of God. You know what um, one singer, the angels of angels, God's angels were watching over you. What's, what's her name? I don't remember that. The lady used to sing it. And the angels of God are watching over you. Angels are with us. There's a bunch of angels in here. But we don't, we don't draw attention to the angels, the heavenly beings. We don't draw attention to them because they are messengers from God and they will help us and they're there. But the greater emphasis of our life is that the Holy Spirit is with us. And the greater emphasis of our life is that Jesus Christ lives within our heart. So our emphasis then is upon Christ and his love and his power, the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from sin, the blood of Christ that protects us, things like that. But we have in our society people who present themselves as spiritual mediums. And they will talk to the dead. Well, they're not talking to the dead. They're talking to imposters. Now, we know that there are two types of angels. There are the good angels and there are fallen angels. Fallen angels are called demons. Fallen angels got their position by rebelling against God. They were created by God. They were put in place by God to worship God. But there was this guy named Lucifer, angel. He was the next-to-God angel. He was very powerful, he was very beautiful, and he was very influential because he led a third of the angels in rebellion against God. He was going to overthrow them, overthrow God. Guess what? Didn't work. He got kicked out. He and the whole bunch got kicked out. So their goal then is to deceive and to destroy and bring deception into God's creation. And now we have individuals that, and it has not only today, but this was, you know, back in King, King Saul? Yes. King Saul went to visit the witch of Endor. <laughs> and you, want, you know, you talk about these things, you know, witches and stuff in, you know, these, these programs. And, and what they do is they, they talk about these things in a familiarity. It's almost like we become familiar with them, and it's like, you know, it's like in the shows and stuff, Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger in one of his movies defeats Satan. <laughs> okay? All right? Um, did you ever, did, there's this car commercial where this guy is being enticed, and, uh, and you, you know, it's like he's being enticed, and he makes up his mind to buy, one, buy a car, and then this this one who was enticing him disappears because he was, you know, the devil. You know, he, he made a car and he defeated the, the devil by uh, choosing a car. But the witch of Endor, and, it, and it's important that we understand, and the reason I'm doing this, saying this today, it was, it was a difficult decision to preach on this or to speak on this because it's something that 
is very common in our society, but yet very deceptive in our society. And we have to know the truth so that we guard ourselves that we don't be caught in the lie, the deception. The, in, in Saul, he was King Saul, and he had banned, forbidden, this witchcraft and practice in Israel. Well, he decided because the prophet had died, and he decided that, you know, he needed some guidance from the other side. He hadn't heard from God. So what does he do? He goes to this medium, this witch, to conjure up, to be in touch with the other side. Well, while he is there, the, this medium is going through her process, and all of a sudden she is scared out of her wits because who she was talking to was the real person, the real prophet. King wanted Samuel to come back and talk to him. And the medium who is used to talking to imposters, demonic people who are demonic uh, spirits, who are familiar with the dead, come and talk to the living as if they are the person. They, decide, they deceive. The, even the mediums are deceived. And here is this witch who talked the pro- God gives permission for the prophet Samuel to come back. And when this medium sees the prophet who is the real thing she is just terrified and then she knows well you're the king and this is the prophet and she's scared to death you know because she brought she got a hold of the real person and of course that's that's one of the situations we have another situation is the rich man in lazarus and in chapter uh luke chapter 16 we find where there is this desire to cross back and forth between heaven and hell and between heaven and the earth, between, you, between you know, the dead and the people who are living. There was once a rich man, expensively dressed in latest fashions, wasting his days in con- conspicuous, <laughs> conspicuous, whatever that word is, consumption. So he is... Here's this, this guy, he's very wealthy, and everybody knows he's wealthy, and he really portrays himself well. A poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, had been dumped on his doorstep. All he lived for, this is the poor guy, all he lived for was to get a meal from scraps off the rich man's table. His best friends were the dogs who came and licked his sores. So we have a guy who is extremely wealthy, and we have a guy who is extremely poverty. Now, it doesn't mean that the rich go to hell and the poor go to heaven, okay? But he's just using this as Jesus is the one telling the story. He died. This poor man, he died. He was taken by the angels. These are the good guys. <laughs> the angels of God, he's taken by the angels of God, and he's escorted to the lap of Abraham. In the Old Testament, when people died, they went to paradise, And it was a place of holding until the resurrection. And so when Jesus, just a little parenthesis here in our message, when Jesus died upon the cross, descended into the lower parts of the earth, led captivity captive, he went to those who were 
in the bosom of Abraham, those who were covered by the Old Testament sacrifices of the, of the lamb and so on, he led them to heaven. He is Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life, descended into hell, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave from Satan, and he is the possessor of life. He gave those death, hell, and grave. He gave all that to mankind. Mankind blew it when he sinned. Now Jesus Christ goes back and reclaims it. So, got that. The angels then took Lazarus to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried in hell and in torment. He looked up and he saw Abraham in the distance and Lazarus in his lap. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy, have mercy. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in the water to cool my tongue. I'm in agony in this fire. So Jesus, again, is the one telling this. And hell is a very literal place. Heaven is a very real place. We don't need to be afraid of life and we don't need to be afraid of death because Jesus is the giver of life and when Christ is in our heart, we are safe in this life and in the life to come. We are safe. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are safe in the arms of Christ. So never allow fear to come into our life because if it tries to get in, you just remember... I'm safe because I'm saved. Christ has forgiven me of my sins. And the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed upon the cross covers me. If you're ever in a place where the hair on the back of your head stands up (laughs) and you know that this is an evil place, then you just stop and you pause and say, Jesus is with me. The blood of Jesus Christ is upon me. He keeps me safe. Amen. (laughs) You know, I've been there. I've been in those places. You know, because I was on a mission from God, place of ministry. And you could just sense and know, but God is there. He is your safety. Now, verse 25. Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime you got the good things and Lazarus the bad things. Meaning that he's referring to his character. The character of people who are Christians look for helping others. The character of this rich man was obvious that he wasn't a a righteous Jewish individual because Lazarus only wanted scraps and he couldn't even get them. This rich man wouldn't even give Lazarus the scraps from his table. Besides, in all these matters, there is a huge chasm. So he's telling this rich man, you can't go back and forth. You can't, we can't, we can't come to you and you can't come to me. There's a chasm between us. And um, even if he wanted to, nor can anyone cross over from you to us. (laughs) There's no crossing over. There's no going back and forth. The rich man said, then let me ask you, Father, send him to the house of my father's where I have five brothers. So he can tell them the score and warn them so that they won't end up here in this place of torment. Abraham answered, They have Moses, they have the prophets to tell them the score. Let them listen to them. The admonition is, Jesus again telling the story, You have the scriptures to read. It is the scriptures to become our foundation of our faith and our relationship. It is the scriptures that set things in motion for us to know what the truth is to know where life is, to know that we have life in Jesus Christ. It is eternal. 
And, and, and here in this case, Abraham is telling the um, rich man in hell, they won't listen, even if there's no crossing over, there's no one going back from the dead to tell them they should be righteous, they should change their way. What happened whenever Lazarus was raised from the dead? They remember? What did they want to do to Lazarus? They wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious rulers and leaders in Israel, wanted to kill Lazarus and Jesus, who had been raised from the dead. And now this rich man says, send them back, send somebody back to tell my brothers so that they will listen. He says, they're not going to listen. If they won't listen, if they won't listen to the prophets and the scriptures, they're not going to listen to anyone raised from the dead. I know, Father Abraham, he said, but they're, they're, they're not listening. They're not listening to the scriptures. If someone came back from the dead, they would change their ways. Abraham replied, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, we're not going to be, they're not going to be convinced by someone rising from the dead. If someone came back to them from the dead, they would change their ways. And they won't. We have Jesus who came back from the dead. And we have Jesus who has given us the truths of his word. Jesus is the only one who can declare to us the truth of what is on the other side. If you want to know if some, what someone's going to be like on the other side, ask them while they're living. <laughs> You know, if I ask you, what is heaven like? You're going to tell me, and I can tell you what heaven is like based upon the scriptures. That when someone dies, and I've had first-hand experience with this. I've been with hundreds of people when they die. The people who have Christ in their heart are not worried about where they're going. They're not. They are at peace. Now, there's, you know, the struggle with death is getting there. Dying for a Christian is never really a struggle. 98, now some people can be anxious about that. That's just their personality. But ultimately inside, there's a peace because they know what's coming. And for you and I as believers, and we have believers who have died, who have gone to heaven, we don't have to ask them if they're okay. We know they're okay. My mom, she died, how long ago? Few, two years ago. So my mom died two years ago. If I live to be 90, which is 25 years from now, and the Bible says a thousand years is, is a day. So there's 365,000 days in our lifetime that amounts to one in eternity. So if I live 25 years, how many minutes is that <laughs> in eternity? So if I live to be 100 and I go to heaven, I go, hi, mom. And she goes, David. I just got here. How did you get here? <laughs> heaven, is a, heaven is a place that is prepared for us. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And when the blood of Christ is applied to our life, we don't have to worry about where we're going. We know where we're going. And the same blood that cleanses us from our sins and gives us the hope of eternal life is the same Christ who comes to us and gives us hope for today. We don't have to worry about that. Well, you know, what is the greatest frustration of a Christian? I didn't do the right things. I I failed. I, I, I didn't make it. And Paul tells the Galatians, what are you talking about? Do you think you who began, did you begin this walk on your own? Well, no. Uh, Jesus forgave me of my sins. Well, if Christ has forgiven you of your sins, how do you think you're going to live a Christian life without him? (laughs) It's kind of like, what do you think you're doing? You can't do this on your own. So when we feel frustrated, it's because we're looking at the wrong, looking at life from the wrong perspective. We want to look at our life from the perspective of Christ. We need more help. We need more help. And the deception comes when we, people become too familiar with the things that are wrong with life and the evil that is in life, and we begin to accept evil as a natural part of life because you look at people, on some of the individuals on TV, they want to talk to the dead. And, and the, the sad thing is people want to know if their loved one is okay on the other side. If you don't believe in Christ, how can you even believe there is another side? The other side is a Christian principle. Heaven is a Christian belief. And resurrection is a Christian belief. A bodily resurrection, an eternal home, heaven is a Christian principle. And to believe or somehow think that everybody goes to heaven is not a Christian principle. People who are forgiven, who believe in Jesus Christ, have eternal life. And in our, in our society, we have it even to the point now where evil, you know, the movies, and it's been the month of Halloween, and one channel has been, all they offer is these Halloween horror shows, you know, you know. Friday the 18th or something, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's just like, it's just a continual horror thing of evil, and, and then you get on these, these, these movies that are supernatural, and you have people pretending supernatural acts and supernatural things, and we're not supernatural, we're human. But we have a God who is supernatural. We have a God who is all-powerful. We have a God who is standing with us. We have a God who holds us in his hands. We have a God who keeps us in the worst of circumstances. We have a God who will walk with us through the valley of the shadows. (laughs) We have a God who will make sense out of that which doesn't make sense. We have a God who will comfort us, a God who will give us strength, a God who will give us hope, 
a God who lives within our heart, a God who will clear up our foggy thinking, a God who will help us think the right thoughts, a God who will help us do the right things, a God who will be with us in every situation. And, and, and Paul says to the Galatians, you've heard this, I've told you this. And he goes on, he says, but let me, did you think that you began this thing? You didn't begin it on your own. It's God who began it, began it in you. And don't think, let me put it this way. Are you going to continue this craziness? Are you going to continue this craziness? The craziness of confusing that which is biblical principles and that which are, what is it? Ideas of our society, our world of evil. Don't get them confused. We don't have to talk to the dead. We talk to the one who is living. We don't have to worry about the dead. Their fate is sealed. We need to worry about the living. How many are alive? Okay, worry about you. Okay, Worry about you and how we're going to allow the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the teachings of Christ. Think about, think on these things. Think on the things that are lovely, that are pure, that are of a good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Let the love of God hold your hearts and your minds. Let the power of God make you feel safe in His presence. Let the, let the, God, the Spirit of God direct you in your life and in your walk. Because it is these things that are going to keep us in this life and for eternity. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. <laughs> You thought I was going to preach for a while, but I'm done. No, that's all right. I've had, we've, you've, you've had enough, right? We've had enough. Enough in the sense that we know the difference between right and wrong. The difference between good and evil. The Spirit of God, the, the Spirit of God will let you know what is good. Okay? Well, I don't know what's evil. I don't care what's evil. Know what's good. Hello. God, help me to know what's good. Okay, say that. God, help me to know what's good. And good means what is right with him. And when it doesn't measure up with the good, back away. It's not yours. Walk away, Bubba. Walk away. <laughs> Jackson tells Grandma that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Jackson, he, when Jackson, he goes to the potty, you know, okay? You'll probably watch this in 10 years and say, you didn't say this on. <laughs> Jackson, when he goes to the potty, you know, you got to get him ready and all these things. And then before he goes to the bathroom, he goes, walk away, Bubba, walk away. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to do this on my own, all right? I don't need your help. <laughs> so I don't need your help to do this. Well, whenever we are confronted with and this thing comes up in front of us, let the Word of God, the Spirit of God, let you know what is right. And if we fight against that which we know is right, you're going to feel that check inside that says, uh-uh, David, you're going to go there and you're going to create problems for yourself. It doesn't say you're going to be lost and put in hell. You're going to create problems for yourself spiritually. Walk away. This is the way walk ye in it. That's right. 
See? <laughs> this is the way, walking in it. Amen? So know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Know the truth, and the truth will keep you free. Amen? So, bless you. Father, thank you for the truths of your word, for the spirit that you give us. And Lord, may we be childlike in our faith, that we just hold on to you, knowing we're safe in your arms. And nothing in this life or the life to come can ever separate us. So we're safe there. We're happy. And we're capable of wanting supper and lunch and everything. We just cry a little bit and we get fed. Amen? That's like, that's we're safe in his arms. And we're grateful for the babies. Amen. Amen. Grateful for the babies. That's it. So God bless you and we'll know the difference between right and wrong. Amen? Amen. Amen.